0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian and today we are going to talk about how to get out of the guilt and shame spiral with food. And the reason I want to talk about this is because I think we often get into this sort of mindset with food We're like I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't be doing this, Oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. And instead of that actually driving us to change our behavior, it keeps us even further stuck in the behavior that we are already participating in. And so, with that, I want to give you some skills, some tips, some strategies to get out of that shame spiral. If you are a coach, this may be helpful for you to work with your clients on. And all in all, I was I loved writing this episode for you. So before we hop in, just a really short life update. I had one of those uh, days the other day that was kind of like a, and everything is falling down, and my and my my life is falling apart. And I realized that um, that I was just about to get my period, so that sort of put things into perspective because I do I do tend to be one of the people the people that has sort of mood swings and my hunger definitely fluctuates around my period and when I remembered that it made me feel slightly less crazy and really helped me remember hey this is part of a pattern that happens in my cycle I can take charge of it this is not something that I need to uh, make mean more than it needs to mean. And I do realize that I've never done an episode on like period cravings or, or pre-period hunger So that is on the to-do list for the podcast for sure. All right, a note before we hop into this episode. Registration for the summer cohort of the Confident Eater opens June 20th and that is to the wait list only. So if you are interested in spending more time enjoying summer and less time obsessing over food or if you've been toying with the idea of not dieting or not macro tracking and you're ready to build some skills that are going to help you do that confidently now is the time to join the confident eater we've had some really amazing breakthroughs in self-compassion in allowing the the individuals that are in the group like allowing themselves to truly enjoy food without it turning into a guilt and shame spiral and without it turning into oh my gosh i'm just gonna keep eating and that has been really powerful especially because all of them were individuals that had dieted in the past or we're really wondering like can I actually let go of macros and feel confident? And so it's been really amazing helping them do that. And we already have some amazing women in the group already from pre-registration. They're really excited to get coached in the moment this summer on challenging eating situations and thoughts that pop up in the summer, the summer period. And I am so excited to get into that with them. So let's go. And the story for today comes from a message from someone on Instagram and she had listened to one of my podcast interviews on someone else's podcast and she wrote to me and said, she was like, I eat pretty healthy most days but almost every evening I eat a bit of chocolate, which usually turns into the whole chocolate bar. I tell myself that I shouldn't be doing this and that tomorrow is going to be different but it never is. I took a look at your hunger guide and I think I know what type of hunger it is, but every day I feel like I failed and I can only change what happens tomorrow, but then tomorrow comes and I feel like it's the same story. So she mentions a hunger guide of mine. I'm going to put the link to download the hunger guide in the show notes. And if you're on the Confident Eater waitlist, you will get access to this hunger guide as well. Um, it's part of one of the modules of TCE. But when she said that to me, when I read that, It really resonated with me because I am someone for a very long time I would tell myself next time it is going to be different. Next time I'm in this situation I am not going to act this way. Tomorrow I'm going to change and then I didn't do it. And part of the reason I didn't do it is because one, I didn't believe that I could and two, I didn't have the skills to help me. And so for a really long time I would start with like one piece or bite or whatever sweet things were my thing. I would start with one piece or bite of whatever sweet thing was around and then I would have another and another and I would have this feeling of like oh my gosh why am I still doing this but I wasn't able to stop myself and like this lovely individual who sent me this message I was stuck in a spiral of guilt and shame for a very long time with food in my body. One of the things that kept me really stuck was my complete lack of self-compassion and my refusal to practice self-reflection. And every time I would do this, every time I would find myself in this situation where I was like, why am I, why can I not stop eating this thing? I would write it off as like, well, you're just someone with shitty self-control. And for me, that would be yet more evidence to be like, well, you need to keep all temptation out of your house. You need to control yourself. And that was one of the things that kept me stuck tracking macros as well. And so one of the situations that really stands out in my mind and like, I think about this and I have so much compassion for the girl who's in this situation. And it was at one of my birthday parties maybe six or seven years ago and a friend who was a professional cake baker gifted me one of her incredibly beautiful cakes for my birthday. And I remember sitting at the table, I had a birthday party at my house and I was surrounded by friends and I had served them all cake and then I sat eating from the cake itself until I had finished probably about half of the total cake that was there. And when I look back now with an air of compassionate self reflection, which this is a skill that I teach my clients because when we can reflect compassionately, we can see more clearly what actually happened instead of it being clouded by, oh my gosh, I'm just like a bad person or I have no self control or whatever. And so, sort of, three main things stick out to me about this experience. One, in that period of my life, I was very restrictive with my diet. And in my head, I was like, well, it's my birthday, so I'm allowed to not give a shit about how much or what I eat. I'm allowed to be just a mindless eater, right? The second thing is when I look back, I was so disconnected with the tastes, textures, and the overall experience of eating this beautiful cake. And as I took each bite of the cake, my mind was like not there at all. And if I had been connected, I probably would have been able to notice that like bite four wasn't nearly as tasty as the first bite. And after maybe like 10 or 12 bites, like I probably wasn't even tasting much at all. But also this ties into like, since I was so restrictive, I had in my head, like I'm enjoying this so much because I was so freaking restrictive in my daily life. And then the third thing that I can reflect on compassionately was like at that point, I was so overwhelmed and obsessed with my appearance. And you might think like, well, clearly if you were eating half your cake, you weren't that worried about how it was going to affect your body. But let's dig deeper here because the reason that I struggled to enjoy just maybe one or two slices of my cake was because as I was eating, my mind was on how many calories were in the cake. My mind was on how hard I should work out in the next days to make up for it. My mind was on how quote unquote good I had been and how, oh, well, I deserve to eat this. And I would think about how the scale would go up as a result of what what I ate. And all of those thoughts kept me even more disconnected from the joy of eating and dug me deeper into this guilt and shame spiral. And breaking the cycle of guilt and shame around food comes down to one overarching theme. When we eat based on rules, anytime we break those rules, we are going to feel like a failure. And so today we are going to talk about what this means and I'm also going to share with you some actionable steps to move away from guilt and shame with food and into a relationship with food that does feel more connected and aligned with the type of person you'd like to become. I do have a free workshop that I'm running on June 13th around food guilt and how to enjoy all food without feeling guilty and this is sort of a sneak peek into the type of coaching that we go into in The Confident Eater and the show, the show notes have, so right under this episode there are some notes that have the link so that you can join and get, either join the workshop live or get the replay for this workshop and I want to start out with a couple of definitions of some concepts that we're going to cover today. And the biggest distinction we need to make is the difference between guilt and shame and understand the connection between the two. Brene Brown, you've heard me mention her before. If you have not read read anything by Brene Brown, highly recommend it, especially if you deal with guilt and shame. And Brene says it best. Guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. And I did record an episode last year that I'm not in love with, not in love, like when I go back and look at it, I'm not in love with it, but I'm going to leave it posted anyways. Or I do talk about how guilt can potentially be useful. And here's the thing is that if we purely just felt guilt when we overate or ate something that wasn't healthy, and we had the self-compassion skills to address that guilt, then okay, guilt could be a helpful way to say, hey, I did a thing that doesn't align with my goals and values. Let's look at how I can help that thing not happen again. But... Most of us with food do not feel guilt. We don't just think, oh, that didn't align with my goals. I'm going to figure out how to fix it and move on. We feel shame. We feel, why can't I have more self-control? Why am I not good enough? Why am I constantly failing? And that guilt and shame spiral I refer to in this episode title has to do with the fact that it gets easy to get stuck in what feels like shame quicksand. You tell yourself you're not going to eat a handful of chocolate chips after dinner, and then you eat your dinner... And after dinner, you start thinking about those chocolate chips. You think about, I told myself, no, I'm not going to do it. I shouldn't be doing this. But eventually you find yourself gravitating towards the chocolate chips. And then you say, fine, okay, one small handful. But as you shove the chocolate chips in your mouth, you think to yourself, what is freaking wrong with me? I said I wasn't going to do this and here I am again. And then the shame you feel can disconnect you from others as well because you feel like you need to hide it and in hiding it, the shame continues to grow. And the behavior that we don't want to happen in the first place continues to happen often because we're too ashamed to bring it into the light and ask for help. And so my queen Brene Brown also says, shame lives in the dark. And in order to ultimately understand this cycle and break it, we need to understand our food rules, which brings me to the second concept. And I think we can all agree that our food rules in some way come from dieting and diet culture, right? And I did a poll on Instagram once, and I asked when people started dieting for the first time, and I was blown away by how many people said that it was before the age of 16. And that means that if you're in your 30s like me, Dieting has been a part of your thought process around food and a big theme in your life and your thoughts around your body for like half of your freaking life. That means that you started developing food rules, you started absorbing this information about what foods are healthy and unhealthy, good or bad, high calorie or low calorie calorie, before you even started your college degree. So it means that these are habits that run very deep. And I wish it were really, really simple. I wish it was so simple to just be like, this food is healthy, I'm going to eat this food. This food is not healthy, I'm not going to eat this food. But food is also woven into the fabric of our lives as part of culture, experience, pleasure, memory, connection. And food is one of life's pleasures. But we're told that in order to be the quote unquote best that we can be, You can't enjoy food to the fullest because thinness, status, beauty, those are all achieved through discipline and restriction because you need to have a small body to reach these things. And if you listen to, I think it's episode 83, I go deep on diet culture and the thin ideal. And if you listen to that episode, you learned that the beliefs that we have about our bodies are driven really strongly by this idea that thinner is better and discipline is very closely tied with this. And this means that it's very common for us to draw the connection, whether it's conscious or unconscious, of if I am disciplined in my diet, I will be thinner, which means I will be better. And that means it's become very natural to simply believe without questioning, I must restrict what I eat. The fact is, is restriction drives us to focus more on the thing that is restricted. And so there was a A study done called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. This was done like before ethics existed basically and the idea was to better understand the effects of caloric restriction on the mind and body. This was very extreme because the men in the study were literally starved and they were put on like half the amount of calories they needed to maintain their body weight but the psychological results were insane. Some of the things that they noticed were these men just became obsessed with food. They dreamed about food. They talked about food. They read books about that about food. And restriction made them focus on food more than ever. So in order to relate this to you and the guilt and shame spiral of food, we want to talk about dietary restriction and dietary restraint. So when you practice dietary restriction, food is in some way limited. So that might be an, mean energy restriction in the sense that you know, I'm going to eat less calories than my body needs so that I can lose body fat. Or it could be dietary restriction like I don't eat dairy. Dietary restriction doesn't necessarily have mental pitfalls. Like there's not necessarily mental or psychological issues with that. But then we have dietary restraint. And dietary restraint is the intention to restrict. So this is the mental limits that we place on food. But the question here is... How do you feel when you inevitably break these mental limits that you've placed around food? And this is where dietary restraint can be problematic. And it's important to know that you can be practicing dietary restraint without being in an actual calorie deficit, which happens to so many of us. We're restricting our food, so we are mentally restricting our food with the goal of changing our bodies, but we are not actually eating less calories than we need. And this is where a lot of the mental fuckery begins because we put in all this mental effort to restrict but we're not actually seeing the results that we want and we think that that is due to like some personal failing. I did mention that it is you can practice dietary restriction without that mindset fuckery and I want to assure you it is possible to reach a fat loss goal without guilt, shame, on and off patterns, etc. But first we need to work on mindset. And if that sounds like you, if you need to work on that, that's where the confident eater is going to be very, very helpful. And the fact is, if you feel guilt and shame around food, you are in some way practicing dietary restraint, which is essentially another way to say you have food rules. So let's bring it all together. If you have been told, influenced, and shown for years that in order to be quote unquote better, you must be thinner, and in order to be thinner, you must deny yourself pleasure from food, but... Food is also something we associate with pleasure, culture, experience, relationships, memory, emotions. We are stuck between a rock and a very hard place. This brings up the important question, how the F are we supposed to enjoy eating food calmly, peacefully, and with our health in mind if we have been constantly told that the way to achieve goals is essentially to tell ourselves no all the time? And this is where food rules come from. I, you know, I can eat chocolate but only dark chocolate because I heard it's a superfood and only one square of chocolate because anything more than that is too much. I can eat carbs but only if they're good carbs and definitely not processed carbs because they're bad for you and they make you fat. I should eat more broccoli but I can't put butter on my broccoli, too many calories and definitely no cheese because, oh my gosh, saturated fat. And so we create these like complex rules for ourselves. We're not even really sure like where they come from in some, in some cases. And inevitably, when we break these rules because we are human and because food is not just calories or fuel, we then jump straight to, it's my fault, I'm the problem, I lack discipline, what the hell is wrong with me? And so I want to assure you, you are not the problem. The problem is the way that you've learned to interact with food in your body. And the great thing is, is that there is a path out of this. You are not stuck thinking this way forever. No matter who you are, I promise, you are not stuck thinking this way forever. And the path out of this guilt and shame spiral is about developing skills that help you build trust instead of defaulting always to trying to control. And so control looks like rigid rules, binary black and whites, lots of should and shouldn't statements, whereas trust... Looks like flexible guidelines or indications. There's a big gray area that is, the gray area is all the things that are potentially okay. And there's lots of checking in with yourself and asking yourself questions. And this brings us to the fun part of the episode, skills, actionable tips, and tools to help you break the guilt and shame spiral and build trust in yourself. And the overarching concept here that supports trust with food is a practice of unconditional permission to eat. And in short, unconditional permission to eat is the freedom to choose what, when, and how much to eat without judgment. And if you're thinking, well, wait, if I do that, I'm just going to eat unhealthy food all the time and overeat all the time, please go listen to episode 55 of this podcast. That is a deep dive into unconditional permission to eat and I promise you that this is not the case. When you practice unconditional permission to eat you're actually more likely to choose foods that feel really good for you which tend to align with foods that also have health benefits. And at the beginning of this episode I mentioned three reasons I personally got stuck in a shame spiral. I was really restrictive with my diet. I was disconnected with the experience of eating and I was obsessed with my appearance. I want to touch on five key skills that I have worked on that have really supported me. These are skills that are included in the curriculum of the Confident Eater and Hint Hint will be included in the curriculum as well in a different sort of perspective um, in the curriculum for my upcoming Confident Body so Building Body Confidence and Body Neutrality program. That's just a little hint right there. little, Little breadcrumb. And all of these skills are going to move you towards a practice of unconditional permission to eat. Let's get started. So the first skill is to start bringing awareness to what actually is happening. And this is a practice of mindfulness and it requires you to remove judgment. So it's really calling out facts of a situation versus the feelings. So a feeling of the situation is like I ruined today. I can't believe I ate so much. I'm such a failure. Whereas the facts might be I ate two handfuls of chocolate chips 30 minutes after dinner. I ate those in two minutes. I felt tired in that moment. And then calling out the facts can help you go deeper. You can start looking at like, well, what actually happened? Why do I think that that happened? And I I encourage you to think like an investigative journalist. Like try to figure out like what are the connections here? And in The Confident Eater, we talk a lot about vulnerability factors and learning your patterns. So you might start to notice as you, you learn this that and as you practice this that you might you might on days that you don't have time for yourself you end up craving chocolate more in the evening. You might also notice like in the afternoon when you don't plan your snack you just reach for whatever you can find. And so building curious awareness to these habits and patterns helps you understand what is actually going on rather than just blaming yourself for not being good enough because that is not like a constructive solution to anything. The second skill is to start noticing and checking your self-talk. And straight up, self-compassion is like absolutely necessary for breaking this spiral. And you can literally start today building self-compassion. Because even if you do nothing else, practicing kinder self-talk will reduce your feelings of guilt and shame. And you might be thinking like, well, if I'm nice to myself, I'm just going to keep repeating the same things and letting my bad behavior slide. But I want to make an important distinction. Self-compassion is not just being nice to yourself. You can hold yourself accountable in a compassionate way. Self-compassion is asking how can I support myself towards being the type of person that I'm trying to become. And being kinder to yourself probably is not eating a ton of chocolate because physically you don't feel well. Like the future you when you're eating a ton of chocolate, future you is like not going to feel that great. And so being kinder to yourself looks like, like with the first skill I mentioned, starting to ask yourself questions and be curious about why these patterns keep happening and how you can support yourself moving forward. And self-compassion is actually associated with higher levels of motivation because you are open to taking on new challenges and pushing yourself because you're not worried about like beating yourself up when you fail. And it's such an important part of this process that there is an entire module on it inside group coaching. The third skill is to start to reduce body checking. And the reason I say this is because I want to ask you, what is the real reason you feel so guilty about overeating chocolate? Is it because you're afraid that overeating chocolate will lead to weight gain? And if so, one of the struggles With letting go of the guilt and shame spiral and one of the struggles as you continue to improve your your relationship with food is actually managing the way that you monitor and check your body. Because the more that we monitor, the more that we check, the more we feel like we need to control. And essentially body checking is the set of behaviors that you may participate participate in that draw attention to your body. So maybe that's weighing yourself, you check out your flaws in the mirror, you compare your body to others, you look at photos... And maybe every morning after you eat this whole bar of chocolate, you step on the scale and you feel like shit about yourself. And seeing your weight actually makes the, the guilt worse. And then you start having this fear around like, oh my gosh, well if I stop weighing my, myself, then I'm going to just eat more. But Actually, the weighing is drawing more attention to the part that you feel ashamed about rather than drawing attention to how can I support myself to change these behaviors. And I talk a lot more about body checking and improving body image in episode 67. And as I mentioned before, I will be launching a program that will support you in this. Um, And if you're like, oh my god, I need this program, message me. Let's talk about it. Fourth skill, bring your shame out of the dark. I just spoke to someone on a discovery call yesterday and she was like, you know, I don't even feel comfortable talking to my friends about this stuff. And it's really challenging to live with your guilt and shame around food on your own. And this is the reason why... I am so passionate about coaching my groups and why I am shifting towards more of a group model for my coaching is because the more that you can connect with others and see that you are not alone in these struggles, that you're not someone that's broken, you're not fucked up, the less you are going to feel ashamed of your behavior. And our guilt and shame is often what holds us back from change. And this is also why I share a lot of my personal stories here because I've been there. I know what it feels like. And the more that we can normalize this stuff, the easier it is to say, wow, I'm not alone. And I see that other people can overcome this and I can too. And common humanity is a key aspect of self-compassion. So we are almost done here. But last one, biggest one, start intentionally enjoying and engaging with food. And this is basically me telling you like start learning mindful eating. The first way that you can do this is by starting to notice textures, tastes, smells, temperatures. I often encourage people to stop and take a deep breath before eating food. Food is a sensory pleasure. It's something that like we experience through our five senses. But we are often so in our heads when we eat food that we don't actually taste it. So like what is even the point if we're not enjoying it? And for me in the situation with cake that I mentioned earlier, if I had been engaging my senses and been been really enjoying it, I would have noticed also when I stopped enjoying it. I would notice when the cake was no longer a delight to my taste buds. And I would have been able to stop. So, recap. You are allowed to enjoy food, period. Food is something that you are allowed to get pleasure from. And if you are stuck in a guilt and shame spiral with food, the food is not the problem. Your willpower is also not the problem. And getting out of a guilt and shame spiral and building trust around food and trust in your body is totally possible, no matter who you are. And if you're someone that's thinking, yeah, but I've tried everything, I know how frustrating that can feel because I had tried so many different things. And if you want to explore those feelings or dig deeper on this, I would recommend to sign up for the free workshop on June 13th. If you are listening to this and June 13th has already passed, don't worry. If you sign up, you can, you'll can you get the replay in your inbox, so don't worry. The workshop is a really great way to also get a peek into the work that we do together inside The Confident Eater. And you can learn more about The Confident Eater. You can listen to episode 77. You can also go to bitesize.es slash the-confident-eater or click the link in show notes. The next cohort, as I mentioned before, is going to open for enrollment from June 20th to the 24th. If you miss the deadline, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to get in, please reach out to me via Instagram and I will share with you kind of what those steps could look like for you, whether we can get you into this cohort or whether you'll be looking at the next one. And if at any time you want to learn how to work with me in any capacity, you can do so by going into the show notes and going to my website. And if you did enjoy this episode, it would be amazing for you to send this to a friend. What I've learned from talking to a lot of individuals, no matter what gender, Is that we often feel so ashamed about these things that we don't share them with other people. And so it is likely that you know someone who is secretly dealing with food guilt or shame and they just haven't felt like they can share it. And maybe in you sharing this episode they might be like oh my gosh this is someone I can share this with. And you can share this with someone simply by saying like hey I listened to this episode. I love some of the things they said. Here, check this out. I have no idea if you're going to like it, but here you go. All of you that have shared this episode in the past or have recommended this podcast, all of you who have left a rating or a review, thank you so much. I appreciate it. With that, thank you. I hope this has been helpful as always and I hope to talk to you very soon. I hope to talk to you very soon. Are we going to like schedule a phone call or something? My sign-offs. I need to work on my sign-offs, you guys. I do wish I got to see you very soon, whoever you are. All right, we're done. Cool. See you next week.